Welcome, you're now listening to episode 101 from The Shed and seems nice to say 101. Um, how you doing, Theo? Let's start with that first of all. How's, how's, your, uh, how's your day going so far? <laughs> I've been moaning on WhatsApp to you about my day, so I think you know all about it already. Um, but what started off as quite a peaceful and easy Monday morning is kind of turn into a bit of a shit show at work um and like i said when when shit hits the fan just walk away so that's why i'm recording a episode 101 right now um but yeah after lunch i'll make sure to check my emails to see if everything's been resolved um but yeah back-to-back wins with chelsea so that's exciting looking forward now to going into the episode 100s talking about some wins finally it's nice um but yeah other than that looking forward to the weekend 3 p.m kickoff tomorrow and lots of football and sports planned throughout the weekend as well. So, yeah, looking forward to it. How are you doing? Yeah, not bad. Not bad, you know. Um, yeah, I'm good. I'm good, like you said, back-to-back wins. Um, birthday on Sunday. So I'm looking forward to... For once, for once, it actually feels weird because I think normally, it's normally international weekend coming up. I feel like they've moved it slightly. I'm pretty sure most of my birthdays, there's been no Premier League football on. So I'm looking forward to, obviously, our game, which we'll preview later in the episode. But just not enjoying a bit of football on my birthday for once I mean international football is not as good as the league so um, yeah looking forward to that but apart from that good happy it's Friday um, yeah I can't, I can't really say anymore I'm happy it's my birthday I'm happy so uh, <laughs> lots of alcohol I'm sure will be consumed over the next 48 hours but before we get into the episode please make sure you hit the link tree link in the description make sure you go and just subscribe to this channel um, notification on Spotify as well make sure you hit that so you don't miss an episode and also as we said on the last episode for our 100th episode uh, we are running a competition for every week of October the first announcement was made on Instagram earlier on this week where you can win um, a, a graphic men's t-shirt a blue t-shirt um, which Theo has in his prized possession at the moment. Um, so you have up until Monday, 12 o'clock, Monday, the 9th of October. If you head over to our Instagram account, all the information on how to enter the competition is on there. Make sure you do that before 12 p.m. If you're doing it after 12 p.m., we will not be considered as part of the, um, the the selected few that will be entered into the competition. So make sure you're in before 12 p.m., the 9th of October. We will then announce when we do the draw. The draw will be live, whether it's on Instagram or YouTube, we haven't decided yet but there will be a live draw so you can see who's won when we see who wins as well so um, and there's some brilliant prizes beyond the t-shirt as well to come up as well over the next couple of weeks so make sure you enter you stay engaged on the channels on the social accounts to make sure you don't miss all of that but i say all that to say this let's go back all the way to monday um craven cottage a grounds that we lost, I think, 2-1 last season we spoke about jao felix getting his red card willian coming back to haunt us but what a performance. I think I'm going to go out there and say that's probably our best performance so far this season under Maurizio Potticino. What was your thoughts for you? Yeah, no, like we spoke about in the last episode, Monday night, um, 8pm, it felt like it was going to destined for another defeat like we saw last season. Um, but it seemed like the lineup was what we kind of wanted. We wanted Broja to start despite him not getting as much game time in the build-up to that game. But we said, if you're fit enough to be on the bench, you're fit enough to start. And he started and he got his goal. And the other goal scorer as well, Mudrik. Um, two players that really needed those goals for different reasons. Mudrik arrived in January, hadn't had the best six months um, to start off his Chelsea career. And kind of fans were getting on his back, both Chelsea fans and rival fans. But it seemed like that, that goal would do him a world of good for his confidence and kind of spur on his Chelsea career. Um, and Broja, for a completely different reason, I think that was his first game in, or first start in 332 days. Um, and to you know, score again on your, I want to call it another debut in a way because it's been so long. Um, but you can say that you can see that meant a lot to him as well. In terms of the performance, I thought it was brilliant. I think our three midfielders, Caicedo, Gallagher. And Enzo were fantastic on the night, particularly Gallagher wearing the captain's armband. I think I saw a crazy statistic. It was he ran 12 kilometres um, on the pitch, which was more than any other player um, from both Fulham and Chelsea. So he really covered every single blade of grass um, on that on, on Monday night. And he definitely did Kante proud wearing that Chelsea shirt and um, like a Kante-esque performance. Um but the goals as well, you know, we kind of let's kind of build, um, break those down. I thought the first one, um, brilliant first touch from Mudrick, but it was all about the Levi Colwell run and cross. I felt um, a player that we weren't too keen on at left back in the previous games. And I think Southgate also mentioned um, having picked him 
an England squad that he's going to try to assess to see if he wants to play my centre-back or left-back, given he's quite short on left-back options at the moment. Um, but it's potentially a position we could see him more in. I wouldn't be surprised if, given the injuries to um, to Chilwell, uh, maybe um, Pochettino um, not being too keen on Matson and also having Gusto suspended on Saturday and also Reese James back in training only as of yesterday. It could be an option to have him at left-back. Um, I'm still think I prefer him at... Um, uh, to the centre-back, but I thought that run and ball delivered to Madrid was fantastic. And taking nothing away from the finish, I thought the touch and the finish was good through Leno's legs. Um, and then the second goal, a bit of luck with the kind of deflection of Tim Ream or kind of Tim Tim Ream's um, misplaced clearance. But um, Brogia as well, I think he was just in the right place at the right time and it came off him to trickle into the goal. Um, yeah, really impressive performance. And I think something that's really important is um, clean sheet as well. That's... Um, two clean sheets in a row now. Um, so really kind of, if we can kind of stay kind of um, um, organised at the back, um, I think that's really important. Um, and I have to agree, I've probably the best performance um, or season maybe combined with that Liverpool draw on the opening um, a match, match week, given the kind of quality of the opposition. Um, and it was one of those moments as well, you had to almost pinch me when we scored the second. I was like, are we really winning 2-0 now? And you kind of, you were quite on the fence. You, were, you said, I'm going to, I'm going to wait until full time because we've seen this before, but luckily we managed to defend the lead and keep the clean sheet. Um, so yeah, kind of one bit of criticism maybe would not be to fully kill the game off. I think we had that golden chance with Matson hitting the, the post and then Enzo not being able to score the follow-up with a fantastic Leno save. But other than that, I thought it was a good performance. So maybe we were good, Fulham were quite poor in the night, um, has to be said. Vinicius and Raul Jimenez, I think. I was reading some Fulham kind of tweets and um, Instagram comments. They're really getting frustrated with those two as their striking options. And you can tell at the night they just won't gain the support and they won't be clinical, uh, but take nothing away from Chelsea. It was a fantastic performance. Yeah, it was. It really was. I think, you know, um, I know it was Fulham. I know we probably played them at the right time as well. But you have to, you can only play what's in front of you. And I thought we, like I said, I thought we played probably arguably our best game of the season. You know, um, it was good to see Broyer come back in. I know there was question marks, like you just said about his fitness. Could he, could he start the game? Um, and like you said on the last episode, you know, if you're on the bench, you're fit enough to play the game, you're fit enough to start the game. And I thought he'd done, he'd done really well. And he showed, I think with, with Broyer, what was, was good to see was he showed us what we kind of want Nicholas Jackson to be able to do in terms of that, penetration into the box you know be on the end of the ball press the defenders um just more clinical as a striker I think we got to see a lot more of that with even just some of the runs off the ball you know just which just brilliant from Broyer um not to say that Jackson I still stand by the fact that Jackson shouldn't be our main striker anyway um he's still got a lot to learn in terms of the league but it was good to see Broyer you know whether it was a scruffy goal or not but he was still you know do his, his confidence a world of good it's his first um start since you know when he injured himself last November. So I was, I was really impressed with him. Mudrik, I thought again, another player, like you said, you know, needed that confidence needed to, and let's be honest, Mudrik last two, two games before the Fulham game had been putting in man of the match performances. So, you know, he's, he's silencing some of the critics. He just needs to do a bit more consistently now as well. Um, I still have this whole question mark around, you know, we've got Ian Matson, who's on the bench, we're playing Levi Cowell, and I know it's working, so I don't want to criticise something that's clearly working, but, We've got. I, I just. I, I'm, n- I'm never a fan of playing players out of position. And yes, Levi Cowell can play left left back. We know that, but predominantly known as a centre back. I think if we come up against more tougher opposition, I think that area will be exposed a lot more. I just don't think Fulham were clinical enough to be able to expose, um, you know, Cowell enough. And he had free reigns down that left side. You know, like he said about the ball into Modric was brilliant. You know. Um, so you know tougher I mean I'm, I'm happy with the win I don't want to sound negative I'm happy with the win I'm happy that we got three points but I think we now need to go on and see how we get on against Burnley and get on against Arsenal and get on against City you know Brighton who are coming up soon as well so um, small steps in the right direction um, and I agree with you you know it was it was good to see I think the only worry for me again was obviously um, Moises Caicedo um, I think got injured in that game I don't know how bad that injury is I don't think he's part of that injury list that just literally came out before we came out came on recording but um, again another player that I'm quite concerned about in terms of injuries you know um, again something we'll probably touch on later on but just the level of injuries we never seem to as soon as we get someone back from 
you know, injury, we get them back into the squad, someone else drops out of the squad and then becomes part of that injury list. So it's just a constant cycle of injuries, which worries me at the club. Um, you know, Romeo Lavia still hasn't kicked the ball for us. So um, let's just quickly touch on Cole Palmer um, because obviously he came into the team. Um, and for me personally, he's shown the quality is the level of football that we need in that attack going forward. And very much, I think if we can start with Breuer or Jackson, you know, against Burnley, I think Cole Palmer has to be pivotal in that in that uh, eleven tomorrow. What, what's your thoughts on Cole Palmer? Yeah, he's been fantastic. Um, arguably our best player so far this season, in my opinion. I know he didn't really he wasn't there for the Liverpool, uh, Luton, and um, and uh, West Ham game, um, but I think he's been absolutely fantastic. He looks really lively. He brings a bit of flair, a bit of energy to that attack. A way to take players on, get past them as well. Um, he's still very young as well, which is exciting. You know, that he's kind of got a very high ceiling given the performances he's shown so far. And I think he's got a very bright future. And he seems very quite mature for his age as well. Um, you know, moving from City to Chelsea at a, at a player of his age, it might, um, might kind of, you know, get to their heads potentially. But it seems like he's just concentrating on his football and um, he seems to be enjoying it as well. Um, I don't want to jinx it, but I think like the signs of, you know, what Hazard used to do at times, you know, drag the ball back, get past players, use a bit of pace, a bit of energy, a bit of flair. We've really lacked that since Hazard's, um, Hazard's exit. And I kind of saw it at times with Pulisic, but just not enough of it. So hopefully now Palmer's that player that can show a bit of creativity, a bit of flair, a bit of energy. Um, but yeah, really exciting. I've been really, really impressed by him and a lot of Chelsea fans on Twitter have also um, be a, praised him for his performances. Yeah, he looks he looks the real deal. Um, like you said, you know, he's, he's coming on quite a, a big price tag in terms of the age um, and the limited experience he's had in the Premier League whilst he was at City. But he looks he looks the part. He looks like he can, he can do what we need him to do in the team. Um, you mentioned Conor Gallagher, um, who captained the team on Monday. Um, now there's new information coming out whether it's true or not but it's, it's something I think we should discuss on, on this episode around um, Conor Gallagher potentially with his, his current contract deal ending uh, in the summer of 2025 um, someone who I mean if we go back to the last summer transfer windows you know Everton were keen on him Palace were keen on him Tottenham this summer as well um, were very heavily linked with Conor Gallagher he seems like he's turned a new page in his Chelsea chapter and he's now considered one of the more important players of the, of the, of the squad, captain the team. He seems like he's, he's on, on the right track to, to get a new contract. There's meant to be discussions ongoing with um, Conor Gallagher and his representatives and the club. Um, is this one for the future or is it just one maybe to put a release clause in there with the idea of maybe selling him on in the next couple of um, months or so or next season? I think it's one that, you know, for the future, you've got to, you've got to build this team around players like Gallagher He's wearing a captain's armband. Um, Rhys James and Chilwell are currently out of the team of injuries. He is our captain. Um, and he's really shown signs of leadership experience on that pitch. And his performances, I think, he was mad at the match against Marvin Bournemouth. It might have been, um, I think, the Brighton game as well. But he's been absolutely fantastic. And like I said, 12 kilometres in one game. He works his absolute socks off on that pitch. Um, and for me, it doesn't really make sense to hand the player all these starts and the armband just to sell him in January. It wouldn't make sense at all. Um, maybe he is a kind of an asset with a lot of value given his age and his kind of nationality and his and the performances he's putting in. But I would definitely keep him. We know as well that players like um, Lavia might not be fit all the time. Um, and if we can kind of have those three kind of midfielders of Enzo, Gallagher and Caicedo always fit, always constantly in the team, play them as a, in a double pivot with one of them as a more of a kind of advanced midfielder or just play two of them in the midfield. I think that's a great um, selection of or trio of midfielders to choose from. Um, and clearly Southgate also rates him as well. He's always constantly in the England squad now. Um, so I just don't see why we should sell him at all. Um, I'm sure, I know we might have to kind of raise some money from, um, from uh, you know, all the the billions or one billion that we've spent um, since Bodie's taken over. But I think there's other players we can maybe look at to do that. I know Madsen's name's constantly being mentioned, Chalobas as well. Um, but I think Gallagher's one we've got to keep him. And uh, there's no reason with the performances that he's, um, positive performances that he's put on the pitch to show that we, we why we should try to sell him. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, I agree. I agree with you 100%. I think it's just, it's a strange one because how much game time will he get? 
once everyone is fully fit. I think it's the only question I have around it. And I think he's proven that he's one of those players that at the moment, currently based on form, that should always be starting the games. He's played, he started the season really well. Um, you know, like you said, he's got an engine on him, which I, I like about him. And I've always said that he's always, you know, I've always dubbed him the headless chicken, you know, bull in a china shop. You know, he, he does remind me of that sort of player that will just run through walls for you. And maybe Potichino likes players like that, who he can rely on um, when he needs some, you know, an extra 10% from someone he knows he can rely on Conor Gallagher to do that. Um, my only worry is it's rounds that interest from other clubs. I think Bayern Munich, when we just shared the screen and that article, Bayern Munich is one of those clubs, obviously the Thomas Tuchel link as well, is one of those clubs that's interested. So part of me is thinking, is it a case of get a release clause in there or maybe a bigger release clause to then sell him on? Um, full profit, I think as well, would be due to the fact he's come from, you know, he's, he's a, a, a Chelsea graduate. So it would be full profit with obviously help for the FFP as well. So there is that in the back of my mind. Is it a case of let's sell him full profit um, balance the books out or help to balance the books out or is it a case of just rewarding them for his good form um, and it's really hard to tell with this new ownership you just don't know whether they are you know they've got ulterior motives in terms of is it just we need to sell him on let's bump his fees up he's playing really well and I feel that maybe is that why we've given the captaincy as well is that why he's in the team to put him in the shop window um, for a player that was on his way out the door, you know, for the past two window transfer windows, to then be named theoretically captain because of the two sick notes that we've got in the club in terms of Ben Chilwell and Reese James, to then be pushed into this really important role at the club, it just strikes me as a bit odd. Um, it mm-hmm. just just begs the question, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, there's also the kind of what Poschino said and come January, he wants to have more of a say in kind of who comes and who leaves. So that might also be um, kind of considered as well because it might be Boley who wanted him out in the summer, but Pochettino wanted to keep him. He was, I think he was captain at times in preseason as well and he was playing a lot of the preseason games and I think even um, the two of them kind of complemented each other and kind of the work they put together in preseason. So it might show that this is almost like a middle finger to Boley from Pochettino, like you wanted to sell him while I'm playing him. And if you are going to sell him, he's going to have a crazy value. But for, for now, he's completely part of my plan. So um, I think it's definitely, it definitely seems like a, he's a Pochettino type of player that he wants at the club. And as a Chelsea fan, I know that um, a lot of match going Chelsea fans really rate Gallagher. Um, he's one of the very few now that we have that kind of is knows what it is to be Cobham alongside um, Rhys James and maybe Levi Colwell. Um, so, um, so yeah, I, I'm kind of all for seeing him, but it might also be in terms of FFP, and he is probably um, the player that we can sell in January of the highest value as well. So that might also be a motivation or motive for Boley and um, Egg Valley as well. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's good. Well, we'll see how he pans out. I mean, I think he's definitely warranted the, the, the new contract. I think he's, as I say, started the season really well. Um, I just wonder how much game time he'll, he'll actually get once we do have a full quota of, of, of our, our, st- um, our players back again. But... Talking about players, talking about players that may be leaving or staying. Obviously, Andre Santos currently on loan at the moment at Nottingham Forest. Um, lack of game time for Andre Santos, who had a brilliant. If you think back to his time uh, in the summer, he he uh, was playing in the under twenties, I think, for Brazil. Um, we expected more, I think, as a club and fans from. Steve Cooper and Nottingham Forest and the amount of time that he was going to be playing for Nottingham Forest and I think from what I'm hearing there's been discussions from Potocino with Steve Cooper around the lack of game time and almost an explanation is required as to why he's not playing um, what's your thoughts on that is, it, is, this a, is this a case of we need to terminate that contract in the next couple of months in January recall him maybe send him elsewhere or keep him at the club I mean there's, a, there's I suppose those are the two options but what's your thoughts what, what should we do going forward yeah, I mean, the, at the time in the summer, this this move made sense for me. I mean, he was a player that um, we did a lot to to get our hands on from Vasco da Gama um, last year. Um, he, a lot of top European clubs wanted him as well, wanted his services. And I think we can remember we kind of worked our socks off as well to kind of get the paperwork to, to get him a work permit to be able to play football in um, in Europe and in the UK. Um, and I saw him in pre-season. I think he was sat on the bench for the Liverpool game as well, the first game of the season. Um, he looked ready. He looked Premier League ready, in my opinion. I know he's still very young, so I thought a Premier League move would be perfect for him. Um, but as things have worked out now, I don't even think he started a single game. I think he might have just come up, come off the bench once to get a couple minutes only, I think. Um, but it, 
if he carries on like this, I think come January, we really need to reassess the kind of contract we signed to get him to uh, go on loan there and see and if the kind of clauses or the agreements have not been met, then it should be some kind of option to recall him and hopefully send him to a club where he will get feature regularly, get game time and be ready for next season. Because I think, um, if I remember, I think in the summer I said that either him or Kassadai, they've got a role to play at Chelsea. Um, they're both um, Premier League ready. They're both either going to stay at Chelsea and kind of play a part or they're going to go alone to at least a Premier League um, quality team. And Kassadai went to um, to um, Leicester, which for me for now looks like a good move given they, they I think they're going to get promoted. I think they even might win the title given their performances recently. Whereas this Andre Santos one just hasn't worked out for now. And it feels like, um, I think there was positive talks between Chelsea and Forrest about what they've got planned for him in the next couple of months. But I think definitely come maybe end of November, mid-December, there should be some kind of reassessment to discuss what can happen in January. Um, but yeah, a player that I was really looking forward to see in the Premier League and it just hasn't happened yet. It's, it's really weird because, I mean, you know, for a player of that quality, and this isn't a disrespect to, to Nottingham Forest fans or the, or the club or anything, but surely he's... A lot he offers a lot more than some of the players that they currently have that are playing ahead of him. So, you know, um, I can only assume maybe Cooper's not, you know, seeing what he wants to see from him in training. But I mean, he's saying here, you know, Santos has only played once for Forest in the Carabao Cup defeat to Burnley. Um, you know, he's failed to make it off the bench in the Premier League. I mean, there's times even I know the last game against I think it was Brentford. Um, I think he had a stomach bug, so he, he sort of he, there was a, a thing about him walking down the tunnel earlier than the end of the game but just the opportunity for him to to come in get some game time um i mean Nottingham forest aren't pulling up trees in the premier league you know they're not they're not a team that's going to be competing for the champions league or or be pushing for europa league spots they're just a team that are trying to survive in in the premier league essentially so you know what harm can be done by just giving him 10 minutes 15 you know 20 minutes of a game or a 45 minute run out and maybe sub him you know the 60th minute into a game i don't personally i don't understand it um it's such a weird one. And I think if he's still in this situation come, you know, four weeks time, you know, in a month's time in November, like you say, I think we have to recall him. I think we have to recall him and decide whether we want to keep him at the club. You know, sometimes it's best to keep a player at the club and get him to understand. I mean, it's probably the perfect time for him to stay at Chelsea, to be fair. I mean, we haven't got much pressure on in terms of Champions League or anything else. And we do need a, you know, maybe bring him on at the Carabao Cup, maybe give him a game against Luton or dare I say even a Forest, you know, give him that kind of game to, to come into if we recall him or send him abroad somewhere. I don't know if that's even what the options are based on his, his visa, but, you know, send him to another league elsewhere where you can maybe develop and just understand the game, the European game. Um, but it's, it's, it's sad to see, um, you know, you mentioned Cassidy. I mean, he's obviously doing really well. I think Leicester are top of the league in the championship at the moment. It'd just be nice to see someone else of that calibre, that level in Santos be able to participate and give an input into into a team very much like Cassidy's doing for Leicester but such a strange one because I think Cooper was very keen on him you know signing him um it wasn't like we you know it was it wasn't a, a rushed deal you know it seems like Steve Cooper was very keen to have him but it you know it takes me back to the the um you know the Zachariah the Sao Niguez kind of loan deals that we've had at the club as well where you know they haven't really always worked out but at least they've been getting yeah, game There time. seems to be this kind of thing with, yeah, with lone players. Sometimes it, the manager's thinking is, if he's not my player, why should I play him? Why yeah, should I precisely. develop him? Um, but then why take him on loan? It works why take him on loan then? It's, it's, it's yeah. pointless. Yeah. Unless he's trying to make up the numbers for the squad that mm. he needs or kind of the depth he wants. But you look at Gallagher going to Palace, he was starting almost every game. Then I'm thinking of um, Abraham when he went to Swansea on loan. I don't think he was getting regular game time or wasn't really performing to the level um, that he should have um, but yeah these loans sometimes are very hit and miss even for us I think of the players that we've loaned in in, in the last couple of seasons Pato, yeah. Falcao Sarnaguez Zachariah I think they probably only have about 10-15 games between all of them during it's the time at Chelsea Santos at the moment so it, goes <laughs> it is true um, but yeah I really I think like we said I think come come November December we need to reassess mm. um, how much game time he's had and how much game time he's expected to have as well yep definitely 100% now um, another player that is doing really well um, abroad is um, Angelo Gabriel for Strasbourg at the moment um, player of the month um, now it's obviously I mean I, I, again I'm, I'm being very arrogant here but I'm not I haven't been watching much French football this season so um, 
seems like it's justified. It seems like he's doing what he needs to do over in, in the French league. Um, someone that we hope to see maybe at Chelsea next season and, and can perform for us. Um, what's your thoughts on that? I mean, what's your thoughts on him obviously so far? Um, again, I don't know if you've watched much of the football over there, but seems to be working well for him. Yeah, no, bright talent. Well, I think he got some game time in preseason and really, really sharp. I think he might have even provided an assist for one of the Nkuku or Jackson goals at, at one point. Um, but a player that I think this loan will work out. Obviously, um, RC Strasbourg being part of the Blue Co kind of um, partnership we have, it probably was promised that he'd start games, get game time. Um, so I've got no doubts that he will feature regularly throughout the season there. Um, and I think, yeah. Arce uh, Strasbourg player of the month for September which is very promising given his age given that is his, his first season as well in um, in Europe um, and also I think I might have seen that he was voted um, Ligue 1 kind of um, youngster of the month as well so it's not just the club showing their appreciation for him it's the league as a whole um, which is great to see um, but yeah I can just go to kind of the kind of these awards that he's been given and also the um, cameos I saw of him in pre-season and he looks like a really exciting player and probably another one that we would have maybe scouted for a while and we probably worked very hard to get our hands on um, alongside an Andre Santos and David Washington um, so you're just really hoping now these youngsters kind of slowly get integrated in the team and maybe become the next name of Vinicius Junior and they'll go down that maybe Lucas Piazzon, Wallace um, or Kennedy route that we've kind of been promised uh, all these exciting next Kaka, next Neymars, and they just kind of disappear from one season to the next. Um, but I've got my, my my hopes are quite high for for um, Angel and Ange, I keep calling Angelino. It's Angelo with Gabriel, um, exciting player. And if I can catch a Strasbourg game on TV at one point, I'll keep close. Yeah, I mean, he's, I mean, it looks it looks the real deal from what we've seen so far. Um, and as a, like you, you know, very much the same. You know, I want to try and watch some of the games and see him. You know, for full 90 minutes but as you say to, to be getting those accolades um, you know new into the league new into the to the country new into the way of football um, at such a young age you know only 18 it's it's a massive achievement I think it's something that you know uh, can't really be just uh, um, overshadowed I think it's something that's really um, yeah I mean something that you look at some of the quality that they've got in that league as well it's not it's not just a, a very small thing so um, I hope he comes back comes back to Chelsea and, and can perform um, at some point, add some capacity to the team in some way. But um, I do, again, I do worry about some of these players that we've signed. Are they here just for the numbers, just as part of the business? Um, or, or are they here to, you know, for the future? So I hope it's, like you said, we don't end up with the Lucas Piazons and, you know, we do end up with someone who, who is actually of good quality and can then integrate into the first team. Because I think promising signs from Cassidy, from... Um, hopefully from Santos when we get to see him at Forest or somewhere else. But, you know, we've seen, we've seen quality within our youth side of the team um, that we can hopefully then integrate into the, into the senior squad next season. No, definitely. I think Datro David for Farnes yeah, another one true. we should keep a close eye on. I don't think he was even was on the bench for the Braga Champions League game. And I was a really big fan of that loan move. I thought he'd get Champions League experience. He'd be playing in Bundesliga, which is a great um, league to develop. And Julian Berlin, who had a fantastic season um, throughout 2022-23. Um, but yeah, I don't think he's kind of featured as regularly as he should have so far. So that's another one maybe to keep a close eye on come December, January time. Um, but you do wonder if all these players, like you just mentioned, are just there for the business side of it. Or actually, if we have plans to kind of involve them in first-team football at Chelsea Football yeah, Club. Just, just one more sort of bit of news in terms of possible departures or, uh, you know, incomings in January, but more of a departure. Trevor Chalabar, you just mentioned him. Apparently, he's been told that he can leave the club in January. Um, he's not in Maurizio Pochettino's plans. It clearly looks like he's you know I think he's I think again I'm not sure without looking at the injury list that was uh, di distributed today but I think he's um, back in full team training now I think if I'm not mistaken or if he's not he's close to um, it's a shame for him I know we've spoken about him on here before in terms of you know what we expected from him um, the possibility of him even starting a game this season but it looks like his Chelsea days are over and he might be heading towards Bayern Munich in the next couple of weeks yeah, I mean, you kind of always saw that Tuchel was a big fan of his. Tuchel was the one that saw him in preseason in summer 2021, brought him into the team after his um, his uh, move to, I think it was um, Lorient in, um, in Ligue 1, um, where he was being deployed as a midfielder at times. Um, 
But I think a player that was quite unfortunate away, um, how his preseason worked out. He was playing quite regularly in preseason. Then he clearly got injured and then just didn't feature in any of our Premier League games. And it seems like now Pochettino has built his team, his philosophy, his system around the players that are there. And just Talibur really hasn't kind of featured um, or kind of been kind of past those plans. Um, Pochettino kind of going against what he said a couple of weeks ago when he said he was part of his plans. So it seems like maybe he's made his mind up in the last couple of weeks or was maybe not telling the truth or being truthful to himself before. Um, but I think, like I mentioned, when we last touched upon this, maybe a player like Tomori that maybe needs to just go out somewhere else to another league, a different country and play his football there. And I think he's a fantastic player, will blossom into a fantastic player. Um, but I think given the kind of all the options we have in defence and um, um, fullbacks when our squad is fully fit, I just can't see Chalaba getting any game time, especially now that we've got Bajeshi, Dissessi, Fafana, Gusto, um, where does Chalaba start? And I'm pretty sure, I mean, I'm not pretty sure, but I wouldn't be surprised if somehow we just give Silver another year as well. It might even happen. You never know, given how it's kind of worked out, even though I think we're both maybe against that. Um, but yeah, so I think a player that um, I think in January might be sensible for him to move on. Yeah, it's a shame for him because, I mean, he's definitely someone that, you know, you look at and he's just got the qualities. I think he's a really good centre-back. I think he's someone that, just has things to offer and can provide cover if we need that in terms of um yeah just if we need cover he, he can provide that for us so I, I just think it'd be very much like a Tomori uh Mark Gwehi that sort of bad decision you know I think he's still quite young in his in, in his development I think we should be retaining him um I'd be very I'd be not that I would be surprised I'd be very I think it'd be a crazy decision to keep Thiago Silva for another year and allow Trevor Chalaba to leave just for the forward look of the club and just thinking about the next three or four years. Surely it would make more sense to try and keep someone that you know you can have for another three or four years as opposed to keeping someone who's got worlds of experience for another year or six months or something. It just it just doesn't... That wouldn't sit right with me. But um, yeah, I mean, look, we've got a lot of cover. You know, Bally Shield, Wesley Fofana, like you said, how, how much game time is he going to get there? Probably you know, 25%, 20% of a season. So, yeah, I mean, we've seen players like Ruben Loftus-Cheek go over to, you know, um, the Serie A, do really well. Christian Pulisic's doing well now. Timo Werner doing really well. So, and obviously, you know, Lukaku. Um, but, you know, sometimes it might help players. You know, Callum Hudson-Odoi is watching an interview with him. Um, I don't know if it was on Sky Sports or something. He was looking for houses or, or something. But, you know, you can see that he's enjoying his football now at Forest. So he's enjoying being there. You know, he's got a new lease of life. So it could be a good thing for Chalabar. Um, shame again for the club, but for Chalabar, I think from, from a shelf, selfish perspe- uh, perspective, I think it'd be a good thing. Good move. Yeah, he would have definitely seen a lot of the players you mentioned, the likes of um, Hudson Odoi, Loftus Cheek, Tamori, go to different teams, different countries, different leagues and adapt and play really well. And um, he's still he's still young. And uh, I think maybe he's got his... Um, his hopes on a, maybe an international call-up eventually and that might be more kind of realistic from his perspective if he, he, he moves abroad or plays his football elsewhere. But a player that I've slowly kind of realised that um, it's going to happen in January and I've kind of accepted it will happen. Um, like you said, it's a shame because he can provide a lot of cover in these situations where we've struggled without Reese James and Gusto at right back. I think he's a player that could maybe slotted there. I'd have felt more kind of comfortable with him there than maybe Di Sessi, um, even though Cucurella's done a decent job there at right back in the meantime. Um, but yeah, I think come January, um, we, if we it might be sensible to sell him. I'd like to see him at Bayern Munich under Tuchel. That'd be a fantastic move for him, in my opinion. Mm. It was like, it's the, I mean, the deal nearly happened, didn't it? I think on deadline day, I think it was more, um, I, I, I think it was between Bayern Munich and ironically Nottingham Forest, I think, but he, he declined to go to Nottingham Forest. So I think he's had, he's got his heart set on re, reuniting with Thomas Tuchel um, and, and playing his 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 game in the Bundesliga which wouldn't be a bad thing but um, he did actually make the recent (laughs) which is a bit of a surprise really Um, not a surprise I mean he's still part of the squad but um, just thinking back I mean I haven't got it here and I've zoomed in so we can see this on the screen if anyone's wondering what we're talking about we're looking at the the 23-24 team photo the official photo with the Infinite Athlete sponsorship on the kit so um, I think like you said Theo yesterday I think that's probably one of the reasons why this has been delayed um, awaiting that sponsorship sponsorship announcement um, but just looking at that photo and then thinking back to last season and thinking about the new faces in this one, 
the, the departures from last season, I mean, we've had a massive restructure of our team. Massively. Yeah. This year, I was, my thoughts exactly. I was looking at this picture right before we recorded and I was like, he wasn't there last year. He wasn't there last year. Um, he's just been promoted from the youth squad. It's it's a huge, kind of probably the biggest kind of change I've seen from one season to the next at Chelsea Football Club in all my years supporting the, team, um, the football club. Um, that being said, I think the vibes and the kind of, I know it's social media, they can kind of create a narrative or whatever, but the vibes look really mm-hmm. good. Levi Colwell with the kind of camera filming the team, they were all smiling, they were all laughing. I don't know if that's maybe because, you know, we've won two games in a row now, <laughs> maybe there's a few good factor around, um, around Cobham training facility, but um, it's a very young squad. It's a very youthful squad. Um, a lot of these players would be playing football for the first time together. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's an exciting kind of era. I think like we keep saying, we need to be patient with these players. We need to be patient with the manager. Um, but I think it's an exciting time to be a Chelsea football fan. I know that results aren't going to come straight away. I'm not expecting silver silverware for another couple of seasons. I'm not even expecting top four, or top six this season. Um, but I look at all these players in this team, this picture in front of us. I'm seeing a lot of excitement, a lot of uh, potential, a lot of promise. Even then, then David Washington, top left there, he's a player with a lot of. Um, we mentioned um, Andre Santos and Angelino um, Gabriel. Um, David Washington is also in that bracket. I think really exciting Brazilian talent. Um, I thought it was quite funny as well seeing them all in their four kits in the cafeteria having their juices their pancakes their their breakfasts it almost looked like they wanted a school field trip <laughs> all in their uniforms um, but yeah yeah no like I said there's definitely maybe a feel good factor and I really hope now we can just um, take that, that kind of positivity into the this busy part of the season throughout October November and December mm, yeah I, I agree with you I think um, I think we've always said that I think we've all you know especially both of us have always said this is a, a patient process and we have to just understand that we are in a massive transition a massive rebuild um you know Potticino is going to need time some of the players are going to need time to gel some of the players that we just spoke about you know Thiago Silva Trevor Chalaba they're going to need to move on at some point as well um so it's it's I mean it, we have to just understand our expectations and I think if as long as we know that it's clear as Chelsea fans what we need to expect from the club we don't need to be trying to overachieve at this point I think that just adds more pressure to the players, to the manager. Um, but I think the results have to be better. I think that you, you could be playing in the National League. You still want your team to perform as the best of their ability. So I think we, we need to do better in terms of even against Fulham. You know, I wasn't happy with the performance. Yes, it was our best performance. Am I happy with it? Yeah, because we've been playing that poor. But I think we can still we can do better. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean... There seems to be a, a togetherness about this squad, and like you, you know, watching some of those promo videos yesterday, and you know the high five, and if the manager, you're right, it could just be for social media. They could just be doing that, you know, make sure you go and high five the gaffer at this precise moment while I get this picture and things like that. It could be that, but I don't get that that sense of that. I feel like this is a team that is together and wants to try and win things and wants to try and build momentum. Um, and you can see how much it means to some of them as well, you know, just on the pitch, you know, Conor Gallagher, you can see how much it means to him. Mudrick, you can see how much just on and off the field, I know he's had his, his differences and very much so probably for the right or wrong reasons, but you can see how much it means to him when he's on the pitch and what he wants to try and achieve and that goal that he scored, how much that meant to him. Broyer as well. Uh, Nicholas Jackson when he scored. So yeah, I'm, hap- I'm happy with the squad. Can it be better? Can they do better? One million percent. One million percent. But um, let's just talk quickly before we move on um, around, obviously, the sponsorship deal. I don't know if we got to speak about that on the last episode. I think we did or we, I can't remember. But um, Infinite Athlete finally announced as the, the sponsor. I think we got to see first with the, the women's uh, in the WSL um, on last Sunday's game. And then obviously the men's team wore it on the Monday, Monday night football. Um, looks clean. Like, I still like it. I didn't think I was going to like it with the sponsorship on there, but I, I do like it with, with the sponsorship. I think it looks nice. It looks, doesn't look too in your face. Um, I'm still a big believer that Trivago, if anyone can see that, Trivago should really be the main sponsor. I think they're the ones that stuck for us through thick and thin, if you remember as well. So without free and uh whale fin or whatever they were called when they were trying to, to get away from us. So what, what's your thoughts on, on infinite athlete? Um, I know there's a piece you want to mention around the, AI that they're trying to bring in as well um, to reduce injuries, which is is crazy. But what, what's your thoughts on 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 the kit? 
Infinite Athlete as well. I think you said it's for a year, I think, as well. Only a year's sponsorship. Yes, I, yeah. I think it's an initial year for the 2023-24 season um, with an option to extend beyond. And it looks like the CEO and founder of Infinite Athlete wants to do that. Um, and he wants, he's got all these crazy ideas of bringing this AI technology to prevent injuries. So it seems like it's an exciting project. And in terms of the actual kit itself with the sponsor on it, like you, I agree, it looks clean. I think it's not too much in your face. It's not like three, which was just one big logo kind of that went from top to bottom. It's more kind of sideways, which I always prefer and from text from left to right. And um, I think it kind of matches. I know we've got, um, we've got the blue kit, which will be, um, which will be white. I think on the third kit, the mint, the mint green type of one, the eaten, eaten blue, I think it's called. Um, It probably will feature in black, which might look nice as well. Um, so yeah, I think it's quite a clean kit um, and sponsor is quite clean. Um, I think given what we had in the past with three and also Yokohama ties at first, I was a bit unsure about it given the kind of dash of red on the side. Um, I'm quite pleased with it. Um, again, I think I mentioned this in the previous episode, but considering we're still kind of negotiating or talking to stake.com and I think some kind of I think it might have even been an adult website at one point. There were rumors that we were like looking to have an adult website on our kit i think we kind of come out of it quite well without getting infinite athletes and if this ai technology which you're going about to talk about um actually helps prevent injuries which has been our biggest problem in the last two or three seasons that'd be fantastic as well that'd be a win-win situation for us yeah i'm just i'm just sort of doing a bit of research on it now so it's called biocore which again i've never heard of apparently it's really big for nfl um so it's, i think it's something maybe they've trialed trial or tested um, over there as well. But I'm just reading here, so I didn't know. Um, so yeah, Infinite Athlete was only launched in August. Um, that can't be right, surely. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's basically saying that they, they've got this AI technology that they'll be able to help bring in that will then help. Um, it's like a tool that they can use that will then help reduce the number of injuries over a course of a season. Um it's it's not something I'm a big fan of, I'll be honest. I don't really like AI as it is anyway, as a whole. Um, but I do think, why not just get the medical staff to be where they need to be? Where's Eva? Get her back. Bring her back. Because she's been, <laughs> ever since she's left, we've been struggling with injuries. I think for me personally, I'd rather forget the, you know, I know we're, we're moving into a more, you know, tech modern world, but let's just get the, the actual medical staff up to standards let's make sure the training regimes and the individual training plans and everything is correct within the the, the squad the club let's just do that bit first let's do the basics and then let's move on to how can we make sure we you know prove ourselves a bit more in terms of you know wrapping the players in a bit more cotton wool maybe that's the bio core I don't think we should be looking at biocore before we've even got the medical staff up to the standard that we need. You know, we're, we're falling like flies at the moment. But what's your thoughts on, on biocore? I know you, you probably don't know much about it yourself, but do you think it's a good thing to bring this in um, based on the number of injuries we've had? I think even maybe in the women's team as well, I think there's been quite a couple of injuries um, over the last couple of seasons that have been big ones as well. So is it something we should be trying to encourage and bring in? Yeah, I mean, like you mentioned, if it's kind of something they've tried in the NFL and the numbers and the results are positive, then why not? Um, there's no harm in kind of bringing it in, introducing it to the Chelsea Football Club, both in the youth, at youth level, women's team and men's senior team. But I think I completely agree with you. Do the basics first and make sure the rehabilitation processes are, are kind of accurate. You're not rushing players back. Um, it's your body at the end of the day. Make sure the players are kind of eating the right foods, their diets are correct. Um, these are the simple things you should be doing before kind of introducing this technology and AI. Um, and I'm kind of a believer that whatever you kind of do to your body, whatever you put in your body, you'll feel the benefits. But I don't really feel like technology can have that effect. Um, I know a lot of clubs now are trialing these kind of hydro tanks. These, um, I think there's, I don't know what they're called, those things that players put their legs in after games um, to kind of like soothe the muscles, I think. Um but yeah, like I said, I think it's something I'm quite not too experienced in or don't have much knowledge in. But if I see results and I think if the number of injuries reduces from a full 11 of players to maybe just two, I think that'll be huge progress already or even six. So I think since the start of last season, was it we've had like 50 something individual injuries, um, something ridiculous like that. So I think that's a very alarming number and this is probably why they're looking at every single option 
now to try to reduce the number of players that are in the treatment room. What, what happened to, um, there was a guy that we brought in, wasn't he sort of um, part of the New Zealand rugby, the, the, the sort of guy, I can't remember his name, All, All Blacks. Blacks. We brought him in. He just he just disappeared. He came in. He got paid to do basically nothing. Improved the morale, wasn't he? He was meant to bring in like this happy, happy-go-lucky vibe to the club. He came in, got paid, and he just disappeared. I mean, where's he? Yeah, there are a lot of things like Bruno Salter disappearing without yeah. anyone knowing. Claude I think Macalele's even left as well. We did a podcast episode. Claude Macalele, we did a podcast episode where they were looking to have um, I think like a happy room yeah, at Cobham. Yeah, they did. Yeah, or like a, a a chill room where. FIFA yeah. and all that it's K didn't really have any results because we were still yeah. playing like shit on the pitch <laughs> um, but yeah there's a few kind of things that kind of have gone under the radar or decisions that we kind of get announced that you don't really hear about afterwards which mm, is a bit strange yeah, um, sounds like the Bowley effect that sounds like a Bowley decision to, to bring these sort of games rooms and these um, I can't remember what his official title was but happy-go-lucky let's change the mood of the, the room um appointments that clearly haven't worked but let's let's move on i mean potticino as, as we're recording this is supposed to be having his press conference uh, i think i did mention on one of the videos one of the episodes that uh, egg barley had basically held a meeting prior to his press conference i think he's doing the same today because he still hasn't arrived at his press conference and it's now 10 to 1 he was supposed to be there at half 12 so we were going to try and coordinate this as the press conference was happening but let's talk about burnley tomorrow um, big game 3pm I have said it is a big game um, based on the fact that we've won a Premier League game um, or two Premier League games this season but Burnley aren't doing so well I think they're struggling in terms of that you know honeymoon period has suddenly run out they're now back in the big league with the big boys um, and they seem to be struggling they're currently um, the 18th in the league one win one draw five defeats now just looking at this result or the fixture I should say um <laughs> Turf Moor is not an easy ground to go to. I'll, I'll be honest, it really isn't. Now, we've had a very good record against Burnley at Turf Moor. And, um, I mean, we've we've beaten 4-0, 4-2, 3-2, 2-1 um, over the past couple of seasons. But if there was ever a game we were going to turn up off the back of two back-to-back, def- uh, back-to-back wins and then go on and get a mad defeat and probably lose like 3-0, this is probably the game. This is the game where we'll probably lose 3-0. Um, we're going to get in our, our game, go. We're going to get into our predicted lineups very shortly. But just give us an assessment of your um, understanding of how the game might go, um, and and do you, are you convinced we can get three points? Can we get a win? I think, given the you know the confidence you probably have in a team and the kind of defensive ability we showed against Brighton and and Fulham, I think we should be winning this game. But like you, tough, more Burnley away. It's one of those grounds where anything could happen. We could get battered three 0 we could just win 1-0 the last-minute winner. We could beat them 4 or 5-0 like we did, I think, in two seasons ago under Tuchel. Um, so I think it's kind of a game that could go either way in a way. But um, in terms of the actual kind of form of Burnley, they haven't been that impressive. I know they were fantastic in the championship under Vincent Company last year. But like you just said, they're only on four points, 18th. And their only win so far this season came against Luton, I think, midweek. Um and so, their players as well I can't really pick out a star form I think Lyle Foster has been quite promising um, I think they've got Aaron Ram- um, I think it's um, Jake is it one of the Ramseys from, yeah, from Aston, Ram- Ramsey, Aston Villa yeah. alone I think Josh, Josh Collins has been doing well yeah, for them as well um, yeah. yeah yeah but it's, it's kind of like that post Sean Dyche era where you don't really know what the identity of this Burnley mm. side is um, but that being said I think it really could go you know one of of either way is draw, defeat, win. But I think I'm going to I'm quite optimistic now, given the performances. I think hopefully we can put it three wins in a row before the international break, which what seems to happen with Chelsea. We get that bit of form before an international break, and then they ha- the break happens, and then we're back to being shit after the break. Um, so you just got to touch wood and hope that doesn't happen in a way. Yeah, I mean, if we, if, I mean, if results go our way and we do beat Burnley tomorrow, we're actually beating the top half of the table. And I don't, I don't say that in a flippant way. I just mean we are progressing in the right direction so um i think we could probably move up to ninth that's dependent on united palace and other teams losing as well yeah united play brentford if they drop points and we win we leapfrog them so i mean we we could potentially be in going in the right direction but i do feel playing burnley um off the back i mean i watched them on um i think it was wednesday 
against Luton and they actually played I know it's Luton but they actually played very well they looked very solid and I watched them a lot in the championship and I do understand what Vincent Company is trying to do I just don't think he's adapted those that style to the Premier mm. League yet I think yeah. he still thinks he can uh, you know play a high line at times and you can't really always do that in the Premier League because you will get found out I don't think they've got the quality of players as well to cope with the Premier League so this is a game we should not be losing I'll be I'll, this is, I treat this game very much like a Luton game, a Nottingham Forest, um, Everton, you know, those kind of games where we should be getting three points. We shouldn't really be saying we might lose or we might we might just nick the 1-0. We should be, off the back of how we played against Fulham, um, I'm expecting, I am expecting us to win, but I think it'll be a difficult game. Um, it's a hard ground to go to, yeah. you know, it's almost, it's almost like a 12th man with the fans, you know, it's almost a Goodison Park. Um, it really is, you know, the, the 12th man, but we, we should have enough, you know, as as much as I say, my expectations have been lowered, we still have a quality team, you know, we still have players in there, Raheem Sterling, Cole Palmer, Enzo Fernandez. you know, Sanchez has been playing really well the last couple of times in goal as well. I know he's, he's had mistakes in him, but overall he's been playing really well. Um, let's move on to lineups because obviously Potocino is still being kept in a cupboard somewhere, Cobham, so we can't see what what, what he's been, you know, his, his expectations are of the game. But let's go to the lineups because um, I think you've gone for get yours up first. So, and I'm hoping I've got this right. I didn't really, I didn't check this with you. So if it's wrong, then um, yeah, I'm all sent to WhatsApp when everything was going wrong at work, so I couldn't really pay much attention to the actual breakdown of the formation yeah. um but yeah we cop yeah. i think i'm hoping it's something along if it's not this it's along these lines so anyone anyone who's watching on the audio version um currently showing theo's lineup which i'm sure you'll take us through now um if it's wrong then amend it yeah. as you can but yeah it's very very self-explanatory i think definitely very similar to what we saw against fulham um you mentioned sanchez i think he's the keeper of the most clean sheets in the premier league so far i think three yeah. clean sheets um, just this, this distribution we saw that against Brighton and once against Fulham um, some, sometimes just giving the ball to the player in front of him um, and luckily for them they just can't kind of capitalise on it so he just needs to improve on that but other than that I've been really fan- um, impressed with his kind of um, point blank saves he did another he had another one I think against um, Tom Kearney um, with, against or against Fulham um, and his aerial kind of ability to catch balls really quickly uh, which is something we didn't see enough of with Kepa who just tried to punch them rather than catch um, back four, the same back four that played against Fulham. Uh, Cucurella, right back. Um, this is the last game of Gusto's suspension. Um, so I'll stick with Cucurella, right back. Silva and Dissessi as the two centre-backs. And Colwell, again, at left back. I think like you, I still prefer Matson, but I think this is the most realistic one. And he has kind of shown signs of kind of sh- um, being able to adapt to that position. Um, same three that played in midfield, um, uh, against Fulham, Fernandez and Caicedo as a double pivot, and Gallagher, which is my preferred kind of more advanced midfielder, and then Palmer has to start. I know there's no reason why to drop Palmer. He needs to get his, um, I think it'd be his third or fourth start in a row now, um, and he's been absolutely fantastic. I'd go with Sterling here simply because I don't. We haven't really had an update on Madrid's um, fitness levels, and if he hasn't been able to train all week, there might be a slight risk not playing him. But I think Madrid, a player that I'd like to see come off the bench and kind of take that confidence that he's he has from the Fulham game into this um this 3 p.m. kickoff. And it's got to be Brozier for me. It's got to be Brozier. I know Jackson's back from his one-match suspension, um, but I think Brozier, given that he was only taken off for a, as a precaution against um, Fulham and it wasn't an injury, there's no reason why he shouldn't start this game. Um, he's got a goal. He's got the confidence. And I think he's just shown more in that um, couple cameos and the 60 minutes against um against Fulham than Jackson has so far and he has more strength than Jackson he's more he's more he's off the ball movements better than Jackson's um but again I think this is one maybe a sensible decision would be to take him off after 60 minutes and introduce Jackson but I'd start with Brozier as my my number nine leading mm-hmm. the line yeah I just one question I, when I was pulling this together was would you have where well, you've got Sterling and Palmer if you've got Sterling on the left Palmer on the right would you switch those over because I you know they, they're interchangeable you know they can you can have either or mm. um, would you start with Sterling who has started probably more games for Potocino under Potocino on the right um, Palmer can play on the left as well but would you stick with Palmer on the right Sterling on the left or would you swap it over 
I'm not too sure, actually. I think it might be kind of that hybrid formation swap where over. the two of them kind of interchange yeah. throughout the game, swap over. But I think I'll stick with what's on the screen now, which is Palmer right, Sterling left. Um, I think Palmer's kind of naturally drifting more towards the right-hand side mm. um, when playing um, his last couple of games. Um, so yeah, I'll stick with that. Yeah, but I have noticed one mistake on here, which is going to bug me. I've put Thiago Silva as the captain. I think if Conor Gallagher does start, it will be Conor Gallagher that will be captain. Um, but I like the lineup. I do. And... Um, yeah, I mean, I have gone for something slightly different and that's only based on what I said at the very opening of one of the topics we were covering earlier on today, um, which, I mean, I, I think I think we have to. I think we have to do this. Um, so I've gone for, very much similar to you, but I've gone for um, Ian Matson as my left back. And the only reason I've done that is because I feel... And this is very harsh on Desuzzi because I think he's a very good defender. He's sort of slowly winning me round in terms of what he can do. Um, we have to forget that he's, you know, he's a, he's a seasoned defender. I mean, he's had multiple, I'm going to say at least 50 plus caps for, for France. Um, you know, he's not a, a young defender. He's, you know, of a, a level that we need him to be. But I just think Kukurea has to keep his spot at right back. I think he surprised me a lot, you know, how well he's done, he's adapted to that. He looks actually better at right back than he does at left back, which is really weird because how does that even work? But He's doing a job that Malagosto obviously can't do. Reese James is back in training, but will clearly not be fit to start this game. Like you have gone for Sancho, Sanchez, Sanchez in goal. Um, my centre-backs have gone for uh, Thiago Silva and have moved Levi Cowell to centre-back because I just want to start seeing him as a centre-back. I think he needs to play that role a bit more. Um, Ian Matson, I agree with you. I don't think he'll start, but he should start. So I've gone for what I think should happen. I don't think Pochettino will do that. I think... Your lineup is very much spot on. I think you'll go for Colwell left back. Dezezi is a centre back with Thiago Silva, but I think we need to see Ian Matson. He's he's a quality player. I don't. I, I really and also we know Burnley wants gets his old club. Yeah, Burnley wanted well. him, yeah. and we we know how much they wanted him. So let's put him out there. Let's see what what he can do against his old team. He'll know some of the players there. They're still obviously the players that he came up with from in, in the promotion uh, season. So play Ian Matson at left back. Like you have gone for Moises Caicedo, Enzo Fernandez as my double pivot. I do agree that Sterling and Palmer should, well, Sterling should be on the left, Palmer should be on the right. And I, I agree with you. I think there'll be that changeover, um, you know, that shift at some point where they'll swap over. And Conor Gallagher, I have gone for as my advanced midfielder, the, the 10, as people call him. Um, just just because of how he started the season. You know, if had he started the season in bad form, he wouldn't be in the team, but he started on very, probably one of our best players so far this season. So I think he has to retain that. He should be the captain as well. I think, you know, he's, he's, he's leading by example. Um, and yeah, I think he, I think he has to be in there. And like you have gone for Amanda Breuer in the, um, in the attack. So, um, yeah, it's harsh on Mudrick. I, I agree with you. I think if, I mean, he's not obviously not part of that injury list that is, um, submitted out to by Chelsea on a Friday but has he trained is he fully fit um, you know how much training has he done this week so you know I think I think um, I would put him on the bench as an option to come off very much like Nicholas Jackson an option you know if we're 2-0 up then what, what a brilliant time to bring in Mudrick or, or Jackson you know into that team and bring out um, Broyer and we have to remember international breaks coming up so you know, this is the time where Broya, and I don't know if he's been selected, I'd, I'd assume he's not been selected for any international football. Um, so this is the time to build up that fitness and then go away and just build up during the international break, a bit more fitness and then come back for the Arsenal game as well. Or I think we've got a game before that, haven't we? I think it might be Brentford before then as well. Uh, Brentford's after oh, okay. Arsenal actually Arsenal right. on the 21st of October so that's the first game right. after the okay week. so all the way around but yeah so even more so even more reason to make sure that we've got Broyar and Jackson fully fit for those games but um, prediction time let's go for our predictions we can't be losing to a manager who wears a suit and a snapback and I think. trainers um, I mean I'm not a big fan of suit and trainers and trainers yeah, so yeah, it's a, no, it's um, a very good point actually uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't. Um, yeah, I, I've been quite, I've been quite pessimistic so far this season, but I'm relatively optimistic for this one. I really hope it doesn't backfire. But I'm going to go three-one Chelsea. I know that um, we've kept clean, clean sheets in the last uh, two games, but they've been home games, and like you mentioned, Turf Moor, twelfth kind of man might be the fans, and I think they might spur the team on to get one goal. Um, but I think we might have enough firepower with the players that have kind of proved that they can score in the last couple mm. of games. 
um, to get a few goals. And I think hopefully Sterling finds his shooting boots like he did early on in the season. Mm. So I'm going to go three one. Yeah. I'm going to go. I'm going to go two 0 I'm going to go two 0 um, And the reason I say that is because I think we'll dominate the game. I think we'll we'll very much like Fulham. We'll we'll play. Um, We'll, we'll control the possession we'll, we'll create the chances we'll hopefully eventually go on and score the goals as well but I just think I mean I'm just I don't know if anyone can hear that but my, my watch is pinging away but it's obviously the, the press conference has started so Pochettino has said that Mudrick is um, available and also Moises Caicedo Carney Chukomeka um, question mark around him whether he can be brought back into the squad as well so um Reese James obviously back in training so I think there's options off the bench as well um, you know should we need it but I'm going to go 2-0 I think we should be able to to do what we need to do in that game but it's going to be it's going to be interesting it's going to it's going to it's going to shape up the Sunday for my birthday so if we lose I'll be waking up very pissed off I'll be honest <laughs> hopefully that's the one birthday present uh, on your list that you're wanting is a three points and a Chelsea win and a bad, yeah, hangover. bad hangover. Just a good performance will do. Um, but yeah, um, let us know your thoughts in the comments. Let us know what you think. Let us know your predicted lineups. Would you would you go with Theo's or would you go with my predicted lineup? Let us know your thoughts in the comments. And as I said at the very start of this, do not forget the competition for the graphic t-shirt, the Chelsea t-shirt, a blue t-shirt is still open you can still enter that competition if you head over to our instagram account all the information is over there you have until 12 p.m monday um to enter the draw will then be done we're hoping on monday i think aren't we at some point monday hopefully monday same same day or if yeah, not yeah, tuesday yeah, or yeah. another day but um yeah we'll make sure all the entries yeah, are yeah, collected yeah. then so we'll make sure that's done um but as always, make sure you hit the link tree link in the description as well. Make sure you head over to Spotify and hit the notification bell to listen to the audio version of the podcast. Theo, as always, enjoy your weekends. Let's hope for three points. And uh, we'll be back next week with another episode. <laughs>